The Sean Quinn Show on ESPN Radio, featuring everything Savannah State. Now, here's your host, Christian Gokel. Welcome into the Sean Quinn Show right here on ESPN Radio. Savannah, your home of the World Series champion Atlanta Braves. Joining us as he does every week, the head football coach of the Savannah State Tigers, Sean Quinn. Coach, you're trying to build a championship program there at Savannah State. Any any lessons you can take away from watching the Braves? I know coaches like you, you guys find lessons wherever you can find them. Any, anything that kind of struck you about this team? Because I know I mean, people may not know this, a baseball fan. Yeah, I am. I'm a, a, a long-term, long-time Cubs fan. And, you know, I've always appreciated and admired the way the Braves have always been good consistently for decades. They've got a great organization there, obviously, and every year they're in competition. You know, they don't always win the World Series, obviously, second one, I think, in 25 years. But, man, year in and year out, they got a great organization, and they seem to be able to weather the potholes or whatever. The, you know, I've heard some articles about all the different things they had to go through. But, uh, you know, maybe not the most talented team compared to maybe the Dodgers or the Astros, but a good team. And, man, they played well this series, and I got a chance to watch some of it, and it was uh, fun to watch them play. And But the Atlanta, the consistency year in and year out to be a championship organization, that starts at the top. And, you know, in our, in our business, I've learned a long time ago, it's the people above you that determine the altitude of your program. You can go to a certain point, and there's a ceiling. I've been at some places where the administration and all those folks – were aligned with you like a general manager and owner and other ones that weren't. And those places didn't do as well as the ones where the starting at the top, um, they were committed to winning. It's amazing that you said that because that's literally what I was about to bring up. After the Braves won the NLCS over the Dodgers and they were celebrating on the field, they had the Braves team president down there and he got interviewed and he said, he said, I looked at Alex, who is Alex Anthopoulos, the Braves general manager, and he said, I said, go for it. I said, tell me what you need and we'll go get it for you. And that's exactly what you said right there is when you're down there in the mud every day and you're working with the players, knowing that you have someone above you who's willing to give you whatever you need. It just it takes so much pressure off of you and just says, I don't have to worry about anything but going for it. Yeah, it is big because, I mean, you know, I haven't been in some places with limited resources. You're trying to find ways to get your guys fed, basic things. And then when you're at places where everything's done, you can just concentrate on football and, you know, administering your team. And, uh, you know, the disadvantage at some of the lower levels is you don't have some of those things. But they've done a great job, man. And I know their salary – pool isn't or you know their caps not as big as like the Yankees or Cubs or maybe even like a Dodgers or Astros but they've done a great job and you know Dusty Baker I've always had a lot of respect for being in Chicago but uh, I was glad to see those guys win I know I knew they won last night I was about half awake and I could hear it down the street (laughs) because I live near a Huckapoo's a institutional uh, establishment near here where I live and I could hear them I was I was watching some film and I heard the cheering I said that must have finished it so uh, it was good for them and good for the city of Atlanta and good for the state of Georgia and glad to see uh, baseball thriving in Georgia like it is. Yeah, cool to see Brian Snitker get a championship after spending so many years. Uh, Freddie Freeman said it wore every hat that the Braves have ever had. Some of the hats don't exist anymore uh, where some of the minor league affiliates have moved to different cities and changed their names. So really cool to see Snitker get a win. Uh, but you guys got a win this past weekend. Coach, up in Fort Valley, you guys take them down 24-6 to there on the road. Uh, take a 21 to nothing lead there into halftime. Coach Devon Gibbons uh, with two touchdowns there in the first half to really get you guys rolling. Yeah, it was a good old-fashioned uh, win. We had some pregame uh, antics with the opposing uh, team. Really, honestly, kind of helping me. I didn't have to come up with very much for pregame speech. They were ready to roll, and they were our best motivation. Um, decided to have some 
you know, some pregame activities with a couple of our players, their entire team versus three of our players. So got our guys going and uh, it was just a good win against an opponent. I, I really like their head coach. He does a good job there. And uh, it was good to go down there and win against an arch rival and just really play start to finish dominating football, which, you know, I've wanted to see all year and we've done it in spurts, but I thought that was the most complete game. And, uh, you know, we had a chance there at the end. We could have scored. I decided to run the clock out. We we're down at the two. Um, but just wanted to get the win and get out of there. So it was a good win and gets us a seven and two and, you know, gets us in position. We can go to find a way. We got to, this week to, to get win number eight. And uh, so it was a good bus ride home and uh, enjoyed that locker room for sure. And coach, you've obviously been a part of a ton of teams and teams that have had success uh, on the road at home. But when it comes to big time road games like that, what are the things that you're looking for and you focus on with your team going into environments like that? You know, really, honestly, two things, being able to play, good defense and run the football because when you run the football, I think the thing you're able to do is take the crowd out of it. And, uh, you know, I learned that when I was at a number of other places at LSU, I remember distinctly a couple times we were at university of South Carolina and at Auburn on the road. And, uh, I remember coach miles talking about, let's put a long sustained drive and take the air out of their crowd. And both games, I think we had eight minute drives early in the game and then to finish the game to win both games. And that always stuck with me as an assistant, you know, if I had the opportunity have an offense where you could run the ball because I've always felt like you can take the crowd out of it um, by just kind of going right down the middle of them um, and that and that held true and you know, we hit some other plays and, and defensively created some turnovers 14 points off turnovers but it's just fun to win on the road against somebody that doesn't care much for you and it's the feelings probably pretty mutual yeah so, coach yeah. Um, those are always fun ones and uh, it was kind of cold and gray I felt like oh, I was yeah. back home Chicago the you know we, it would have been a mud field there but uh, it's a good win and you know, Fort Valley is an old arch rival, so it was good. And, you know, we need to play well and, and get a win and get the taste of, of a loss out of our mouth, and we were able to do that. Well, you mentioned just that long drive to take the air out of the building. 13 plays, 72 yards in nine minutes there of the first quarter. As soon as you took the ball, they didn't touch it until six minutes were left in the first quarter there, Coach. Is that something you have a conversation with Coach Demasi and the rest of that offensive staff and say, hey, much like Coach Miles did with you, that first drive, I just want to pound the rock and really deflate them? I told him if he gets a hundred dollar bonus, if he scores a touchdown, takes at least eight minutes. No, I'll joke inside. <laughs> um, you know, we had one of those late in the game too. I think it was about a seven minute drive late in the game that kind of did the same thing. And I just think one, two things happen, Christian, you get a score, you take time off the clock, you take the crowd out. And then the third thing is that offensive coordinator sitting over there impatient. So they come out for sure enough, first play, they tried to throw it, throw a screen and got a fumble. We got a couple quick stops, and we're back on offense again. And, and, man, that's a really deflating feeling, not only after you've scored, but then, again, quick turnover and have the ball back again. So um, that it just, just really kind of our style as a yeah. defensive coach. You love those, um, knowing what it does to the other team's defense. Well, I'm not saying you guys run the same offense, but kind of the same mindset, right, where Paul Johnson, he always said that, right? He said, my offense, if you turn the ball over, you go three and out, you're not going to see the ball but twice and a half. Yep, that's the whole idea. And, you know, you can limit those possessions. You know, people, you know, you know, when Paul left, hey, celebrated. You know, Paul Johnson won a lot of football games at every place he's been. And he knew something to the magic formula for winning football games. And we've used a lot of, you know, obviously I worked for Jeff Munkin, who was a, a Paul Johnson disciple. So, um, you know, Jeff knew what he was doing and he's done it at Army. And, you know, we try to duplicate some of that here, obviously a little different style and a little different player. But, uh, you know, I think if you can do that, those things generally hold true. 
uh, Paul Johnson. An excellent quote if you ever get a chance to go back. Just Google Paul Johnson quotes. Uh, I, I miss him being in the game. Uh, but, Coach, you spoke about those two uh, quick touchdowns there, and we always talk about complementary football, right, where defense leads to offense. You had a one-play, one-yard touchdown there, and then you have a two-play, 31-yard touchdown, just defense leading to offense. Yeah, you know, we had a nice interception. One of our young guys from Florida, Jared Mack, picked one off and ran it to the one. We joked the, guy, the tailback for, the, for all uh, Fort Valley was from Georgia. And I said, you know, Georgia guys are a little faster, so he walked down there <laughs> at the one. But uh, it's nice when the offense has to go a yard. Those are easy calls. And uh, and then we were able to get 14 points, man. So really big for us. And, uh, you know, it totally took some momentum. They had a nice drive going and get an interception and run it all the way back. So defensively man they played well anytime you give up six points uh kudos to tom sims our defensive staff and those players for playing well and coach again a big time win there now getting ready for the final game of the regular season we'll come back and wrap up this win over fort valley state and take a look at what's coming up for the savannah state tigers right here on the sean quinn show on espn radio The Sean Quinn Show on ESPN Radio. Wrapping up a big 24-6 win over Fort Valley State. Coach, uh, some guys with some big games. And Anijah Carter, 10 carries on the game. Really trying to just find a way. You said it, just get the ball to the playmakers. And I guess the easiest way is just hand it to them. Yeah, he, I sleep better at night knowing he's getting the ball. So we just try to find creative ways to get it to him. And he played some tailback put him at the slot, got him the ball. And, uh, you know, he's just a really good weapon for us. And, you know, the, the young man with the Giants who was at uh, Florida last year, he reminds me of him just anytime he's got the ball in his hands, you think he can put his foot in the ground and go score. And so we just, you know, every week I go, hey, well, how are we getting the ball to eat? And, uh, you know, Russell and, and Nate and our offense staff have done a good job. And guy's a good football player, man, and uh, fun to watch. And usually you stand on your toes when he gets the ball in his hand. And typically it seems like we're talking about a different guy every week on the defensive side for you guys, which I guess is a good thing. Uh, you might argue that it's not because yeah. I'm sure you're looking for some consistency. But Marlon Jackson, man, a guy out of a powerhouse program in Irwin County, uh, gets two sacks for you guys from the defensive line. I haven't talked about him a ton this season, but he had a big game. You know, he's coming on. He's a super, super talented player. was heavily recruited out of high school. A lot of folks thought he was going to go to Georgia and went to Georgia military. We are fortunate to get him. Nate Baker did a good job recruiting him. And as he's learned the system, he he's a we couldn't block him in practice. And finally, once we felt like he knew enough of the playbook, we put him in there and plays. He's a defensive end that plays defensive tackle. He's on kickoff, he's on <laughs> kickoff return, he's on punt. To, and he just does a lot, man. He's a big athletic guy and probably has some NFL you know abilities because he's 6'4", 245 pounds and can run like the wind. And Irwin guys are tough, hard nosed oh, yeah. guys. You know that. And uh, he's just playing better and better. We just got to keep him going. And, uh, you know, he's a fun guy to be around, and he's a thrill a minute some days. But uh, he, he can play football, and I'm glad we got him. And, again, a really good local Georgia player that we're fortunate to have. Listen, I think a lot of colleges, if they just recruited Fitzgerald, Georgia, they'd be really successful with the programs they got over there. But, Coach, just a 24-6 win, big for you guys. Now focused, obviously, final game of the season. You get it at home. It's going to be senior day. Uh, there at Savannah State, a 5 p.m. kick against Edward Waters. What should we expect out of Edward Waters in this one? Very improved football team, new coach and staff. Uh, they built a stadium. They're coming into this conference. Uh, you know, we're arch rivals from a proximity because they're in Jacksonville, which we recruit heavily and uh, right down the road. And they've done a nice job. You know, they beat the heck out of Morehouse a couple weeks ago, 37 to 10. Last week, they took uh, Miles to the wire, 16 to 9 loss. 
Um, so we got to play well. They've got some really elite skill guys that can run. we got to play good, and, and we just got to find a way to get our eighth win. And, you know, we're still trying to, you know, for us, the playoffs have started this week. we got to win this game to stay alive. And uh, so it's our last home game that's guaranteed. And beyond that, we don't have any guarantees. So we got to find a way to win and play well, and it'll take all of, you know, all of our guys to play at their best level. And then, you know, we need a great turnout from our fans and try to send these seniors off for the last home game. And hopefully we'll get a chance to keep playing after that. we got 15 seniors, you know, Christian that came in with me um, that I really appreciate. A lot of those guys were here when, you know, it was the worst college football program in America for a number of years. And they've been really great ambassadors and worked hard to try to change that. And still got a lot of work to do, but I appreciate the, the, the sacrifices those guys have made. A little bit different feeling around uh, senior day than homecoming? Yeah. Well, it's the next one. I, you know, I'm not a huge homecoming fan. We've already talked about it ad nauseum. But, uh, you know, I was just a quick homecoming story. Uh, I My better half wasn't around, so I went and got some fried chicken the other day at a local grocery store because, you know, I got to make sure I'm eating healthy. Thousand but, percent. Uh, it was about 7 o'clock. They were getting ready to close, and the two young ladies there saw me with some Savannah State gear on. And they said, you coach at Savannah State? And I said, yes, ma'am. And she go, first question, said, did you win homecoming? Yeah. And I about – I about didn't order the chicken, but they said, and then I said, yes, or, oh, we're so glad you own homecoming because that's the most important thing. So as a coach, it's not, but as a fan, it is. So we're glad we're on to the other games right now and uh, glad we won homecoming, but more importantly, we want to go get a win this week. Absolutely. And again, Edward Waters coming to town. I guess it makes sense. The leading rusher for Edward Waters, Dante Edwards for them. He went for over 100 yards last week, coach. So obviously a guy they're going to try to feature prominently. Yeah, they got good backs, man. Their their skill players are really good. They got two of the fastest guys in our league. So, you know, we played them two years ago, and I thought they had really, really good skill people. And uh, they're better up front. And their scheme's good. They do a lot of stuff. And so we'll have to play well to win. And uh, you know, but that's to be expected. Every week we got to play our best ball. And coach, just looking at the schedule, you guys have a chance now uh, to improve your record to eight and two on the season. And for the fans out there who are maybe the casual college football observers and they kind of know how it works at the FBS level, even though I don't know that anyone knows how it works at the FBS level after last night. And then obviously the FCS with their playoff system. For those of the fans out there who don't know, kind of how does the gauge work when they're looking at an eight and two potentially Savannah State football team? Well, what they do is they divide the uh, Division two into four regions. So you have super regions and you have a regional poll that comes out every Monday and you have to be in the top seven to, to, when it's the final poll comes out to play in your region. So 28 teams make the NCAA playoffs with the number one seed in the four regions having a bye and the other six play each other in round one. So um, we're ninth right now in the rankings this week. There's two more weeks of rankings. You know, we got to keep winning and stay alive and uh, – make that final seven before it's all said and done. If we do that, we'll be in the playoffs. So obviously if we don't win this week, it's a moot point. We got to win. And, uh, you know, obviously the one thing we looked at, there's a lot of teams ahead of us that have games against each other. So there's four teams playing each other ahead of us. So we just got to stay alive. It's a little bit um, sweet 16, 16-ish right now. You know, we're in, the oper- we're in that zone where we can get in there. We just got to win and be in the top seven when the final poll comes out. And, so we, all we can control is us right now, Christian, and that's winning this football game. And then we'll have some other thing afoot next week we'll talk about later. But uh, we got to find a way to win this one. Yeah, and again, a big one coming up. Need to pack out there uh, for the Edward Waters coming to town. But, Coach, I did want to 
talk to you about the team because we mentioned it when we were talking about Marlon there. It just seems like different guys are stepping up every week, and this happens at every level of football. You're a completely different team now than you were week one. Health-wise, guys developing, but just specifically with the young guys developing and getting playing time, how different of a team do you feel like you are now nine weeks into the season? Well, a lot different. You know, we had a really tough opening game. We didn't play well, and we lost our two best defensive players, Walter Yates and Damian Rogers, who are our captains and our leaders and by far our best defensive players. They haven't played a snap since that game and been out with injuries, both of them. And so we kind of had to reinvent ourselves. It'd be like Mick Jagger going down. You better find somebody else to sing, uh, you know, your yeah. songs for you as you go on tour. So I give the coaches credit and the players. And you know, we, as the seasons went along, learning who can play and who what our strengths are. And, uh, you know, we're, we're not even close yet to where we can be. But I feel like we're in the right trend in the right direction from a talent standpoint and you know just we have very few older guys and so I think as we learn this bunch we'll have a chance to be good this year and moving forward as long as we do a good job adding to that group with recruiting but uh, you know it's been interesting year it's been a strange year Um, you know I have every week it's been hey what team's showing up for us and you know as a head coach you know two years ago we had a really rock solid veteran team and and you knew what you were getting maybe he's not as talented but pretty steady Eddie this group's been a little bit more up and down and so biggest challenge is just trying to get them to play on an upward trend and be ready to go. And if they do that, you feel like you got a chance to win every game. Who are some guys that have stood out to you in terms of that where beginning of the season, maybe not seeing a ton of PT, but now they're significant contributors? Well, Brendan Jackson's a linebacker who's leading us in tackles. He was a backup will to Walter Yates. He's from Statesboro High. He's a redshirt freshman. He's, I mean, he's really doing a nice job. Um, I think he's got a chance to be a really good player. And you know, like I said, he's got three more years after this year and continues to get better. Um, we've got two young defensive tackles, uh, one from Jenkins County, um, Jaquisto Lee, and then Tony Roundtree, which our defensive line, we have some depth there. And he's a young guy from Augusta from Josie High School, along with our older guys. They've really kind of stepped up and helped us. And then Levante Larry, the transfer from Kennesaw State, who's a senior, really is just – he was out our first three games, and he's, he's really played well down the stretch. And Marvin Grunchy, a transfer – Uh, fifth-year guy, those guys have really been rock steady for us and really kind of helped us be more mature. Um, And there's a lot of guys. I know I'm missing some other guys, but on offense, we found some other guys. Malik Walker's a freshman. You know, Washington County's a great football program, and he's kind of hitting his stride and becoming a a, a really good player for us. And, uh, you know, as are a number of other guys that I'm going to fail to mention here. Again, a big game coming up, 5 p.m. this Saturday against Edward Waters. Coach, final regular season game for you guys. Uh, how big is it that those stands are packed out? Big. You know, it's been a huge advantage for us because we've had great crowds all year, and uh, I hope our fans will show up and honor this group of guys, but also come out and see a fun game against a good opponent. And, uh, you know, we don't have many more of these left. Even if uh, we're fortunate enough to win it, there's still there, there's not going to be all that many home games, even if we are still playing. So, um, last chance to see this group intact in a regular season scenario. And uh, got a good group of guys, man, and they've poured themselves in the community. And I hope our fans will show up and really support them and have some fun, and let's get another win. Like I always say, you have a live college football game in the city of Savannah. There's nothing else going on at 5 p.m. You should absolutely be over at Savannah State to catch this game. Coach, we always appreciate it, man. Hope you enjoy the rest of your week and look forward to seeing you guys out there on Saturday. I appreciate you. Go Tigers, and thanks for all you guys do for our program.